0: Hello friends, welcome to Beyond the News. I am your host, Jim Grant. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be looking at a multitude of articles to suggest Britain is finally starting to understand that a second lockdown would be a bad idea. Now, I understand we're getting more listeners to this show and Bexhill Online in particular, so I just want to do a quick little, if you're your first-time listener, and you're wondering, I was just listening to music, who on earth is this bloke coming on here now talking about Britain starting to understand things? Well, my name is Jim Grant, and for the last 12 episodes here on Beyond the News, I've been pointing out why a second lockdown will be a bad idea. But I want to make it point out, this is not a conspiracy theory show. I mention all my sources, I go through them all, they're all mainstream sources. I do not think 5G caused the virus. I do not think the virus is a hoax, I think it is real, but I think it is the response to it has been mas- massively overblown, disproportionate and, in most cases, unnecessary. I happen to believe that you should quarantine the sick and not quarantine the healthy. So, I just wanted to reiterate that, you're not listening to a conspiracy theory show. All the articles are sourced here, you can look at them on my Facebook page, Beyond the News. So let's start off with our articles here tonight and tell you roughly what we've got coming up. We've got Manchester saying no. We've got Middlesbrough saying no. We've got Elon Musk saying no. And we're going to have a little bit towards the end about uh, swearing parrots as well. So little bits of uh, fun here. So just wanted to be clear there is a virus out there, but let's not make the cure. Worse than the virus, and I've told on numerous episodes previously of this show. By the way, you can go and look at or <laughs> listen to shows at the Bexhill Radio website. You can click presenters, click Jim Grant, and you will have the first back catalogue of about the first seven episodes on there. I think I am all this show is also available on Spreaker and all of its subsidiaries thereof, so I think that's Spotify and. All the other lots of places I can't remember but I'm on there I've uploaded the first five episodes I've uploaded episode two for some reason the levels was really quiet on that so I thought just chip it off uh, I think episode two still is on there on the Bexhill radio website anyway let's get on with a new show but a welcome to new listeners I know more of you are tuning in now more of you want to know why the evidence has mounted up to the fact that a second lockdown would be counterproductive and I think a lot of other people are cottoning on as well, including people within our parliamentary establishment. We're going to be looking at uh, some comments from a Tory MP who said in the House of Commons as well. So we've got a variety of all. If you if you're like me and you want to avoid a second lockdown, this is going to be a good feel good show for you here today because we've got a lot of evidence suggesting that people in public service are starting to get it. I was going to use the say people in power, but we shall see how much power they've got should the our own government decide to, uh, what was it Boris Johnson said, the military are there just in case. Along those lines, I don't listen to a word he says anymore, there's no point. I just, I look at what he does, I have no interest in what he says. So we shall see what happens about that. But dissent is starting to come there and people are starting to get it. This is going to be a happy hour. Jim's happy hour here today. So let's start off with um, one of my favourite articles here today. This is by Thursday the 1st of October. Uh, this has been recorded on Friday the 2nd of October. Oh, I should quickly say, I the due to problems at uh, Bexhill's website for a variety of reasons I won't go into because I'm, I'm not really that clued up about it. I, I love working for Bexhill online. And sometimes the website's there and well, it usually is apart from last week. So I think the we the last Beyond the News I did was a couple of weeks ago. So you haven't missed out on me moaning of anything if you're concerned about that. I was about to say worried, but you're not going to be worried about not listening to me. In case you've you got OCD and you didn't want to miss an episode or you, you know, you're you downloading and putting in chronological order. Where's number 11? We didn't do one. So the last Beyond the News I recorded was actually two weeks ago. I could go through what the last episode was for any of you OCD people out there, but I, I don't think it's necessary, is it? I imagine it would have something to do with all the tests being nonsense. I see no reason why I, that wouldn't be in episode 11, seeing it was in first episodes 1 to 10. All different articles, by the way, of uh, antibody test. Anyway, I'm rambling already. Let's get on to the first article. Just wanted to say that I last recorded one a couple of weeks ago. You haven't missed much. (laughs) But in that last two weeks, quite a lot has happened. And it's all good. As far as I that's my alarm. Hold on. I always switch my phone off. uh, But the alarm to remind me to... do. I'm sure I should be doing something. Never mind. Anyone listening to Bexhill Online? Uh, should I have missed some sort of appointment? <clears throat> I do apologise. <laughs> I've been quite late recording the show. I've had a busy day. Anyway, a good day, but busy. So, we have got Joe Roberts, Thursday, the 1st of October. This is the Metro, and uh, there's some pictures of some uh, police and some rather uh, scantily clad nightclubbers. So, a uh, nice way to start the show for me, anyway. <laughs> right. Uh, Middlesbrough's mayor has vowed to reject the government's new lockdown on the town immediately after Matt Hancock announced it in the Commons. To me, that says they're all there going, they, they figured out exactly what, I, this isn't about public health. And even if it is, these either these, but we've got a good example of it later on on Matt Hancock with the vitamin D. Either these people are utterly incompetent or they are lying to us. All right it's as simple as that, Uh, I'm not going to go conspiracy, see the whole thing about a conspiracy theory is you're putting forward a theory that's conspiratorial, hence the term conspiracy theory, I'm not telling you that am I, I'm just looking at the evidence, I'm not theorising, I'm not suggesting what they're doing, I'm just going, at this point these people are utterly incompetent or there is an agenda at work, now that's where the theory would come in, I'm not going to tell you what I believe that agenda is I, I do think there is one, but that's that's not for me to go into on this radio programme. I'm just here to go through the sources and my opinions on them. But I think it's clear at this point, these people should not be running this pandemic in this country. You, you can use it two sides of the fence. They're utterly incompetent or there's something nefarious going on. I'm totally open-minded to both ideas. I respect people's both ideas. But the idea that these people have handled it well is a farce. And it sounds like the Middlesbrough mayor, you wouldn't do that. I, mean, I know, I've never met the guy from Adam. But I do know, you know, when you're dealing with councils, when you're dealing with committees, uh, you, you want to get the, the solid foundation on your grassroots before you go taking on Matt act. Do you know what I mean? So it wouldn't surprise me if they've gone there and gone, right, spikes caused by cases and we're doing more testing hence more cases also the tests are well let's say dodgy not just the uh, pcr but the antibody and all stuff like that go if you think that if you're a new listener go and listen back to the other episodes i've broken this down on numerous occasions it's all there it's not it's not a conspiracy theory it's all fact from scientists doctors all around the world and mainstream articles in this country it, it, it really is almost like there is the television and the government's view and then there's the real world and I cover the real world here on numerous occasions. I won't break it down, it will bore you on just how many articles I've gone through and how these uh, tests are. Let's say, uh, how would Baldrick say? They're not exactly a cunning plan to be able to actually detect who really has the virus and who is suffering from it. because uh, I won't go into detail. Anyway, but it sounds like to me this Middlesbrough mayor has gone through all of this before and gone, You know these people, uh, these uh, Matt Hancock, uh, I said people, I could use so many other words for that, but this is a family audience. You know that these people aren't listening to the science anymore. You know that these people are imposing draconian measures that are not justifiable in terms of the science. They're definitely not justifiable in terms of the death rate, and that these measures well, if we're all about saving lives, then I reckon if we do the math, when you take off all the number of deaths that were uh, dodgily recorded, you know, anyone that dies within 28 days with, of a positive test that may or not have been accurate in the first place, even they got hit by a bus, they get put down as a COVID death. Hence, they, you know, the, the government weren't, uh, there's been numerous revisions over there. So you could almost say the conspiracy theorists were right. Uh, might one, 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 one couldn't you really? but they were pointing out there's a difference from with and from and after about six was it three or four months of government, we oh yeah, look at that, we'll have to revise the figures. Oh, they're all downwards. Yeah. so when you take into account the actual figures that died from, not with, and then you you work out exactly how many lives you think you've saved as a result of that, versus all the missed cancer diagnosis, the economic shutdown and the homelessness thereof, and don't forget if you think anyone can't die of poverty, go visit Africa. So, you know, obviously, there's other safety nets in place in this country, but those safety nets are only there if there's a, uh, a money pot to pay for them, uh, which has been seriously dipped into with all the furlough and the track and trace and all that kind of stuff. When you add up all the deaths caused by lockdowns, extra suicide, economic breakdown, Uh, NHS being shut down for the disease diagnoses, including cancer. You weigh that up against what was actually saved. The math at this point says no more second lockdown. And if you want to go and have a little double test of that, go and look at Sweden, where it's pretty much comparable is the word. And there's different, uh, you know, different societies, all that comes. Kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, they all went out drinking in the pubs. They all went to work. No economic shutdown. And our death rate, our death numbers are comparable. Now, bearing in mind, there would be a huge margin of error with these dodgy tests. And uh, we'll never know exactly who died from and with. So bearing in mind, that is, there is a margin of error. We are certainly comparable with Sweden. And when you're comparable with Sweden, and they don't have any of the, um by proxy deaths I suppose is, the, is that the right word I don't know By pro- deaths as a result of lockdown yeah that's definitely a way to go and there are numerous experts that say that now experts scientists the only ones that aren't saying it are the ones that seem to have those models that said two million would to die so being incorrect is at, is habitual for a number of people and these are the people the government seem to be taking their advice from and uh, have other ties to to say the least uh, but that's that would be going into the agenda aspect of it and like I said I'm not going to go there on this show I'm just going to tell you, stick to facts and give you an opinion on the facts so Andy Preston said he is preparing to fight the measures to restrict people meeting up indoors with anyone outside their household interesting sentence isn't it because I wonder what that fight actually looks like does Johnson send in the military To does he do to... The Middlesbrough mayor, what he did to the peaceful protesters in Trafalgar Square for two weeks running, send the police in to bat- batter them with batons, peaceful protesters. Go and look at the footage for yourself. Does he? Uh, how about all the doctors, the, the German doctor that came over to tell uh, his opinion on it? Arrested, stuck in the back of a van in his suit and tie, very well behaved. I wonder how far Andy Preston would go to prepare to fight this measures, and I wonder how far Boris Johnson would be prepared to fight his fight. Do you know what I mean? Something's brewing in this country. I think we can see it now. So, and if you can't, I suggest you go and look at that Trafalgar footage where the whole protesters did not, they were not, un, the speeches themselves were very kind to the police, uh, at least the ones I listened to. Uh, they probably, I, In fairness, I did not listen to them all. Perhaps some of the speeches weren't so pleasant to police, but the ones I listened to were. And they were all calling for the police to say, look, you're defending the people that are cutting your pensions. You're going to be battering peaceful protesters here. Don't do it. But of course, some of them did. Some of them didn't. So you police are like people. You get good ones, you get bad ones, don't you? Like anything else. Like anything else in life. But what was most interesting was there was no abuse at the police. What the protesters were chanting was, pick your side. Choose your side. I think that gives you an idea of where this country may be going if Boris Johnson wants to go and send his police to crack, and <laughs> judging by what he said, possibly the military, to go and crack the skull of the Middlesbrough mayor like he did those peaceful protesters. You can go and see those peaceful protesters that didn't fur punch. You can see him lying down, not moving, after the police have finished with him. That's if Facebook allows that footage up in the first place and hadn't banned those people. So there you go. The health secretary said he would be extending the restrictions imposed on the north of East to Liverpool, Warrington, Hartlepool, and Middlesbrough from midnight tomorrow following a spike in cases. A spike in cases, not from deaths. A spike in cases. And how many of those were asymptomatic cases? It's locked down by bureaucracy. Computer says you got it. Well, I feel fine. Computer says you got it. And a computer says your mate's got it. So we need to lock you down. We both feel fine. No one's dying. We haven't even got the sniffles. Computer says you've got it. We've now got to lock down your entire economy. That's where we're at. Middlesbrough mayor knows that. And again, I'm not saying that some of those cases won't be real. I'm not, I'm, I'm not in the camp that this virus doesn't exist. It exists. It's just... We need to put our big boy pants on and our big girl pants on, and get on with our lives. Certainly, take certain precautions to quarantine the extremely vulnerable, because um, I think that the death rate under 70 is something like nine, the survival rate is something like 99. Point something percent under 70, and it raises uh, up to uh, over 1% over 70. So by all means, let's protect these people, um, but let's actually properly protect them, not like the government did last time with no resuscitation orders, uh, not like they did last time where people feel they need to sue it, the government, because they've put in sick people, uh, known COVID positive tested people, if you can trust the, the tests, that is, into actual nursing homes to the point that people are going to sue them because they think the government criminally negligent. We've covered that on this show. Let's actually properly protect those people by all means. But keep the economy going. It's time to say no to this government, and uh, in, in terms of their lockdown measures, and it's time to remind them. I think that they are public servants, not public masters, and they rule by consent. And there wasn't this wasn't in the party manifesto, was it? Now people say, of course, it couldn't have been. How you know? How do people know COVID was coming? Well, what I'm saying is. It's not been really in any party manifestos that say if there are peaceful protesters, including doctors, pointing out medical evidence, we're going to ban them off Facebook and crack them around the head with um, uh, batons to the point that our own local mayors need to say no to us. I don't think we consented to that. And I don't think this Middlesbrough. I don't have the access to get people on the show. But if I did, I would love to get this guy in for an interview because. He looks really clear. He's obviously someone that needs to put it tactfully, but he's got a look in his eyes that he just wants to cry out. This is all nonsense. What are you doing? But of course, they're going to be... uh, There's a lot of people that the mainstream media has put into a a fear-based emotional state. And if you go and study the psychology of fear-based emotional states, or you've experienced them for yourselves, people are not acting rationally. They're not listening to logical debate and sources and all that kind of stuff. So I think he's done a good job here and uh, I don't even know what party this guy represents, it doesn't say. But based on this, if I lived in Middlesbrough, I would definitely want to re-elect this guy because I'm a political atheist. I really don't care what party someone comes from. Um, I, I don't think the Conservatives can serve anything anymore, do they? I don't think Labour look after the Labour of the unions and I don't think the Liberal Democrats, <laughs> they've demonstrated, in, in my opinion at least, they're neither liberal nor democratic when it comes to free speech and respecting uh, the first Brexit vote and all that kind of stuff. So what do these parties even mean anymore? Then, The names don't mean it. It's all about the individual people within those parties and... I like people that are going to stand up for our freedoms. I like this guy, Middlesbrough Mayor Andy Preston. Let me put it, I like what he's doing. It could turn out, get another article that I absolutely hate what he's doing. But that's it. We need to get out of this cult of personality and look at not what politicians say, certainly not what they say they stand for, (laughs) definitely not the party manifestos. And we need to look at what they actually do when they're in power. And I like what this guy's done. I like. I listen to every word of the, the the video that he put out, and the video is contained in the source, and all the sources will be on the Facebook page beyond the news. Uh, so he has said, "I have to tell you, I think this measure has been introduced based on factual inaccuracies." <laughs> Go on, my son. Yes and a monstrous and frightening lack of communication and ignorance. I love it! Yes! I do not accept the statement at all. I do not accept these measures. I do apologise. I don't know how clapping comes out over people's radios, but I just i loved every golden word of that. Oh, I loved it. We need to talk to government. They need to understand our local knowledge, expertise, and ability to get things done and preserve jobs and well-being. You also need, to, when you come to them, go and point out the sources on this show. And if there's a look in their eyes that says, "Yeah, we know that," then you'll know something nefarious is at play, won't you, Mr. Preston? But <laughs> I just love it, love it. I love it because there's so there's so much evidence. If you're listening to this show, we know, we know, don't we? We know the second lockdown is. Um, The most frustrating thing when you point out, I don't think the second lockdown would be mathematic. I don't think it's in the long term. I don't think the net result will be to save lives, and it definitely won't be to save the economy, will it? (laughs) Lockdown to keep the economy. Mm, Yes, okay. Uh, So we're at that point now, and, and people are starting to get it that's great we are really disappointed as things stand we defy the government and we do not accept these measures we need to get covid under control and we need to work with people to find a way of preserving jobs and mental health yes yes and uh, i let me also add to that mr mr preston someone needs to go to him and go you do know there's about 100 different articles on saying why These different variety of tests and uh, and nonsense, and one of them is Boris Johnson himself. I've covered up this show; I remember it well. Ninety-three percent of the tests are unreliable. I'm paraphrasing, but it's along those lines. That is the laughable joke at this point. They know, they know, they know, and I think Mr. Preston knows they know, and he's decided to call. um, I'm trying to find a. He's just decided to call Bravo Sierra, to use the uh, police's. You know, November tango, all that kind of stuff. Bravo, Sierra. BS. Keep it family friendly. Good on you, Mr. Middlesbrough Mayor. And here's here's some more good... It's all going to be good news, uh, is the first part of the show. Let's face it, there won't be a second part of the show because I always rant and rave taking up too much time to get to all the articles, but we know this. And you listen to me regardless and ungrateful. By Daisy Jackson. This is Manchester Evening News. Manchester Bar calls for pubs to ban MPs as cancel the curfew campaign launches. Yeah, baby. So leaders from the hospitality industry have banded together to launch a nationwide campaign this week, calling for an end to the 10pm curfew. Of, what's wrong with them? Don't they know that the coronavirus is dormant until 10pm and then suddenly like a gremlin? It comes up to cause havoc during the night. We've there's numerous scientific studies to show that, isn't there? Go, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist if you think that a virus knows what time of day it is. <laughs> now I do. What was the official thing on that? Um, drunk at 10pm, people are more likely be More likely to stab and break social distancing. I'm sure there probably are a few that are like that. I can't deny that. I I can't possibly say with any real credibility that that doesn't occur. But I could probably say that people do do drink early uh, and that may still result. And I really don't. I think what I can say is I don't think that justifies shutting down an entire industry. And I'm talking about nightclubs here and um, taking off what an hour worth of trade, seven hours worth of trade on a pub. Is it still ten thirty on a Sunday? I'm not sure. But there's drinking times either side of that, and some pubs have licences to one, don't they? Midnight one, anything like that. But let's be conservative. Let's say you know, um, you know, we know at least seven hours of. Trading time is the government going to let them off? Um, you know, work that out as a result. Is the government going to let that off as a percentage? Is it going to the council going to let them off that and give them a reduced rate on the council tax as a result of that? And do we really want to live in a country where the government can decide when and how you you can run your own business, which you're fully licensed with it to begin with? Arbitrarily say because we think it's possible someone may catch a cold. We're going to take away a certain percentage of your opening hours arbitrarily. And that's that. There's nothing you can do about it. Well, you can go and protest in Trafalgar Square and get beaten into a coma. Is that the sort of government we want to be ruled by? I'm not a conspiracy theorist saying those things, am I? That's all happening. It's not a theory. It's all there. Even if you're in this fear-based state, COVID is everywhere. COVID is everywhere. Who do you know that's died from it? And, you know, I've heard that banded about and people often say no one. I actually do know someone that knows someone that died of that. But guess what? Every year I know someone that knows someone that's died of a flu or pneumonia type thing. So there you go. But like I said, the virus is real. But I really don't think shutting pubs at 10 p.m. would be the result of it. And... I'll bring up an article as to why later on in the show, if I can uh, just get uh, through this without any more ramblings. So I haven't got the article because it's a video and I don't know quite how I stand with playing videos on Bexhill Online in terms of copyright and also in terms of technology. How's it going to sound? All that kind of stuff. Because believe it or lot, I've never listened to a single show. I do. I record these. That's it. I'm done. Uh, that's the same with podcasts. It's the same for any of the live shows or anything like that. I can't stand listening to myself. I, I awful. I hate looking at it. Whenever I've done stuff on the TV, I can't watch it. So I just do this. For me, it's like going to the toilet. You know, get it all out there. Get, get on with your day. It's like therapy for me. This radio show. So I'm just going to tell you what he uh, a couple of things that he said. Conservative MP Sir Desmond Swain criticises the government's COVID strategy saying its policies have been disproportionate it's a wonderful speech Uh, it it is on my Beyond the News uh, Facebook page so you can see it yourself but you could probably go into I don't know if YouTube is actually censoring well they're censoring doctors why wouldn't they be censoring MPs I don't know but you can always probably go to BitChute, B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E you can go to Brand New Tube these are free speech alternatives to YouTube Uh, You can also, for free speech alternatives to Facebook, check out Gab and VK. And of course, you've got the caravac, but whenever you have 100% free speech, you're going to get them, aren't you? That small percentage of absolute nutjobs slash racist scum. And then the mainstream media who get advertising money from Facebook are then going to go, it's all a racist platform when it's really like 0.0001% of it. And probably if you look into them, they're probably subsidised by the feds. There's numerous articles on that about how far-right racist organisations have been um, run by federal groups. Before I remember Judge Andrew Napolitano going, look, I've already gone off tangent, haven't I? So anyway, Conservative MP Sir Desmond Swain, I'm like a shotgun of information really, just scatter blasted all over the place and just pick up the the different shells uh, for what you want to research. So... Yeah, that's a really good video. Sir Desmond Swain, and he—it's quite humorous. He's funny. He's one of these classic Tory MPs, you know, old old boy, grey hair, speaks very refinedly, and uh, does not hold back in any way of his criticism of his own party leader. And that, for me, is a wondrous sign and a wonderful act of rebellion, putting the needs of the people over the needs of the party and your desire to climb the greasy pole by slagging off one's own Prime Minister. Good on you, Sir Desmond Swain. Telly-ho! So our next article will be Boris Johnson's own dad has been caught in a shop. say caught, good for him. Good for him, not wearing a mask. I wonder if he'll get fined. I don't need to give you the art, read the article on that. any Johnson's old man in a shop, not wearing a mask. Not much more to say about that, really. Let's move on to another article. Now, here we go. Here's here's an article, and we need to check those dates because the old Middlesbrough mayor one. When was that? Let's have a look. Middlesbrough, Romare, Thursday the first of October, and we talked about that. Uh, after Matt, knew, immediately after Matt Hancock announced it in the comments so I'm assuming that uh, that Hancock announced that on Thursday the 1st of October or at the very least it would have been the last day in September he'd have made that announcement I'm just going through the dates and what I can see in my own eyes here so let's bring up this article and let's check out the date on this one and uh, because this is an article from I believe it is the uh, oh i pressed the wrong button Let's check I'm still recording. Looks like I'm still recording. How long have I been moaning for? Half an hour. Excellent. Another half to go. Right. This is an article for, again, from the Metro, I believe. Assuming I've not pressed the wrong button and screwed this all up. Yes, here we go. Ah, that's what I wanted. This is an article by Lucy Middleton, Monday, the 28th of September. So this is before Hancock's announcement, right? Let's just do a little bit of Sherlock Holmes in this. Right, because here we go. Boris Johnson is facing further backlash over his 10pm curfew after it was revealed that pubs and restaurants caused just 3% of England's outbreaks in the week prior. Instead, weekly figures from Public Health England showed that schools and care homes had been responsible for more than two-thirds of all positive tests. Right, care homes, they need to be protected, and schools... There's highly, hardly any deaths of any kids worldwide. And certainly when you look into it, I think there's pre existing conditions there as well. So, yeah, children are going to get colds and coughs. That's not good. You know, potential to bring them home and all that kind of stuff. But when i judging from gigs and all that kind of stuff, people who have kids don't tend to go to the pubs as often as those that don't, have they? So, it's kind of a self solving problem. But regardless, of these, only 17 were confirmed to be down to COVID-19. Oh, Sorry, I've missed a sentence. Only 22 outbreaks were linked to the hospitality sector before the curfew was enforced. Of these, only 17 were confirmed to be down to COVID-19, the official figures stated. And I wonder how many of them... You know, Remember, this is all based on dodgy tests already. Even with their dodgy tests, these numbers are low. Of the total numbers of outbreaks in the week leading up to September the 20th, Around 16% were linked to workplaces and 5% in hospitals. Schools and education settings made, be, made up 41.7% of England's recorded outbreaks, while care homes counted for around 25%. An outbreak is defined by two or more people being diagnosed with the same infection. Well, <laughs> assuming that that test accurate, eh? They can vary in size and PHE has not published data about exactly how many people were involved in each outbreak recorded. So I just want to say it to begin with, you're dealing with a government department here. So as good as this uh, thing sounds, and I've got no reason to doubt it, I would like to point out that I've yet to find a government department that works competently without screwing things up. So... But it's equal that in that screw up. The cases could be even lower just as much as they could be higher or, or just plain wrong. But so far. It looks like a very bad move to go and shut those pubs at 10 p.m. Which makes you wonder, doesn't it? What's being kept open and what's being kept closed? And we'll have articles more about what's being taught in those schools, if I can get through it quicker enough on this show on today's show what's being kept open is things where the government is telling you about stuff what's being shut is where people can go and discuss it <laughs> see the difference All these, in order for a hmm, peaceful lawful Gandhi style civil disobedience in order for that to take place, you need to meet up with people and plan it first, don't you? Better hope it's not a uh, a peaceful revolution with more than six people, eh? And I'm sure the police won't look at a large group of people and go, Ooh, we won't have a go at them. And I'm sure the police would never look at a small group of people and go, we can take them. Let's go and issue them fines. I'm sure it will be upheld evenly <laughs> let's go on to our next article here tonight it's all stuff that puts a smile on my face by the way I'm a libertarian before I say this so you do whatever you want with your own body as long as it doesn't bother me uh, it's your choice um, you know I'm all about common law if someone's not hurting me, damaging my stuff or stealing my stuff I'm pretty good with live and let live you know of course there's a few little subcategories thereof you know for example like I I don't think people should uh, drink drive and but there there are true libertarians hardcore libertarians that would say that that's um, potentially a pre-crime if they haven't run anyone over I tend to err on the, you know let's be uh, let's err on some common sense and let's uh, you know I don't have a problem with the drink drive laws put it that way but I do know classical libertarians that do so I'm ninety-nine percent libertarian but basically do what you want with your own body if, you, if you're not messing with me or my life i really don't want to mess with yours live and let live that's my general philosophy with a little bit of common sense added in i just wanted to preface that before i read this argument uh, article out this is by the new york post by ben cost september 29th elon musk it's my second alarm i definitely should be doing something <laughs> Elon Musk says he won't take coronavirus vaccine, calls Bill Gates a knucklehead. I could think of other words for him personally, but um... SpaceX founder Elon Musk stirred the pot yet again after claiming that neither he nor his family would take a COVID-19 vaccine, even if it was readily available. The 49-year-old billionaire dropped the bombshell on a Monday appearance at New York Times opinion podcast Sway. I'm not at risk, neither are my kids, Musk told host Kara Swisher about the rationale behind his decision. During the bizarre exchange, the Tesla CEO decried the national lockdown as a no-win situation that has diminished my faith in humanity. Musk previously called widespread quarantines unethical and de facto house arrest, RT reports. Now, I don't like everything that Elon Musk does. I'm I'm definitely not going to be taking his brain chip. And um, I'm not particularly keen on having the whole sky fried with 5G. And again, I'm not someone that says it's going to it's going to beam stuff into your brain, man. I'm not one of those people. No, just having higher levels of radiation in an atmosphere and the effect on cells in the human body, you know, cancer, that kind of stuff. I don't think it's going to be good. All right, just basic science on that one. So I'm not a fan of everything he does, but I don't get cold into the cult of personality. So because I have. It, be, I'm not. My ego isn't emotionally invested in slagging anyone off, on either side of events or any cause. I'll give everyone uh, an idea of uh, where I'm at. I'll always listen to their ideas, and my egos aren't attached to my ideas. Minds are like pa- parachutes; they work best when they're open. So I'm always listening to new ideas, to to form new opinions and stuff. So I dislike two of the things massively that Elon Musk has done but I like a lot of what he's done as well so I don't get into the cult of personality I realise there are people people have aspects to their personality sometimes they're good sometimes they're bad good moods bad moods good days bad days we all have them why shouldn't he but in this particular one I love it because I'm no way in hell I'm taking that vaccine no way in hell but I'm not a doctor I'm even if I was, would you listen to me? I wouldn't. Make up your own mind. Do your own research, and I won't go into any more down that rabbit hole. But I'm with Musk on that one, and I'll just uh, I'll just leave it there. I think. But you do, you know, you do whatever you want. I'm not going to pass judgment on anyone that wants to, you know, people and they, you know their kids as well. It's up to it's up to the parents, isn't it? How they raise their children. Absolutely none of my business. But I won't be taking it. Let's load up our next articles here tonight. Another little bit of rebellion, no matter how small. <laughs> Anyone that's ever listened to my poem that went uh, viral will know what I think of the royal family. Yeah. Let me define royalty for you. My mum's better than your mum, now give me your money. That's how the civil list works, isn't it? I'm royalty, I get your tax, you pay the tax. I'm royalty because I came out of royalty that's the way it is you want to talk about racism I mean it's not doing, you know obviously the Caucasian and everything like that but you want to talk about um, white privilege you want to talk about the idea of a certain people being better than other people and you know again not skin colour but like their lineage I mean it's right there for you isn't it you know what I mean now, yeah, that's just my thought. Go and, go and don't Google it, go and duck, duck, go it. Prince Charles, Princess Diana, marriage guidance counsellor. Go on then, that's your little treat for the week. When you need a little laugh, go and do that. Google, or duck, I'm so used to it, duck, duck, go. I don't even know if Google has probably censored those algorithms now. And you'll get loads of articles from The Guardian Independent telling you exactly who that marriage guidance counsellor was. That's my view in the royal family. I haven't even begun on Prince Andrew yet. Anyway, let's uh, read out this article here. September the 29th, William Cole for the Mail Online. Queen is furious after Sandringham staff refused to lock themselves in a the Covid bubble for Christmas, meaning she could be forced to spend it at Windsor Castle for the first time in 33 years. Oh, bless her. All those soldiers that swore an oath to her and fought wars for or invasions with the flag she represents on her singing the national anthems that are now homeless on the streets dying of poverty. But it's okay because the Queen's got a variety of places to choose from and she loves those soldiers. Just not enough to let them have even one room in one of her properties. But I'm sure she loves them and is very grateful for all they've done for her and her nation. Backroom staff at Sandringham were asked to support Queen over Christmas, but workers rebelled against plans to isolate them from loved ones for a month. Queen could be forced to to spend holidays at Windsor for the first time in 33 years. Palace officials are creating special bubble between Sandringham and Windsor. The Queen is said to be furious after royal household st- staff revolted against a plan for them to stay in a coronavirus bubble at Sandringham over Christmas. Yeah, how dare you not see your Christmas, your family for a month over Christmas? <laughs> go, and c- go and clean out my toilet. <laughs> Why? Because I'm your Queen! It's like something out of Monty Python and the Holy Grail, isn't it? I'm your King! Well, I didn't vote for you. A team of about twenty employees had been asked to remain on the Monarch's Norfolk estate. Was that the one where they found that uh, that dead seventeen-year-old girl a few years ago, or was that a different estate? Um, what was it on the news now? Not all the news outlets, but some of them. Um, something to do with uh, friends saying eyes wide shut parties or something. I don't know. I, re- I shouldn't I shouldn't speculate without the article in front of me. But there's another little bit of research for you. Um, is it, so I think she was 17. Dead Girl found um, Queen's Norfolk property. That should, if you duck, duck, go it. That should probably bring it up, I'd have thought. But I'm going from memory there. I don't have that article in front of me. I could be wrong on that one. A team of about 20 employees, and I don't have time to go and search it today. I've got lots of articles to go through. All good news. A team of about 20 employees have been asked to remain and blah, 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 blah. But the group said to involve cleaners, laundry and maintenance workers are believed to have mutinies because they are unwilling to isolate from loved ones for four weeks, especially over Christmas. Staff were being asked to pay for the month... Uh, sorry, not pay. Staff were being asked to stay for the month... That would really be a take, For the ...for the month-long period so they could remain in a COVID bubble to protect the 94-year-old monarch. The uprising... <laughs> Not really, is it? It's just people going. Oh, do you know what? I'd like to see my family over Christmas, and I don't really fancy not seeing them for four weeks uh, because you know it's Christmas, isn't it? Not exactly unreasonable, so therefore, in my opinion, not exactly an uprising. Means the Queen could be forced to spit anyway. Anyway, done that. So um, I've just knocked the microphone. Do apologise if that came across as a weird sound. Our next article here tonight: UK government. Oh, this article is more than a month old. Yeah, they, oh, sorry, this is something I meant to bring up before. You, I'll just go through it quickly. UK government urged to justify 108 million contract tracing deal with Serco. Email leak to shadow health secretary prompts questions over whether company was cherry picked. And it, there's numerous articles on um, how uh, ties to the Tory parties and donors and all that kind of stuff have got these plum contracts. I won't go through them all. Do your own research. Think for yourself. I've got other stuff to get through to here tonight, but yeah, there's quite a lot of um, that stuff going on, should be aware of. Let's load our next article up here tonight. I don't know what this is because it doesn't have the thing in the article. Ah, Yes, of course. Here's a good one. BBC, four days ago, Manchester Mayor calls for urgent review of 10pm closures. There should be an urgent review of 10pm closure times of restaurants and pubs, Greater Manchester Mayor says. Yeah, of course, who'd have thought that having everyone in a major town centre pile out at exactly the same time, filling the streets, who would have guessed that that would have an impact on social distancing? Who would have thought that would have an impact on violence? Who would have thought that would have an impact on traffic? Who'd have thought that there would have an impact on people being able to get home because everyone's going wanting a taxi or transport at the same time and the knock-on effects that that can cause, uh, both as the weather gets colder and in terms of women not being able to get back safely, so on and so forth. Who'd have thought that that wouldn't have been a good idea? All because some drunk person in a pub may stumble around that extra hour let's change the whole society over not to mention let's go and bankrupt a load of our nightclubs as well and of course the knock-on effect to tourism that that will have because if the leisure industry goes you've got it because I've seen it in my hometown of Eastbourne once the leisure sector goes conferences don't want to go there as much because there's not much for them to do at the night time yes there you go so who'd have thought that was a a bad idea so I'm not a big fan of Andy Burnham I must say but I don't need to be to, when I see something he's doing, not rather than saying, that's actually good, then I will applaud the man, despite having disliked every other interview I've ever listened to him give. There should be an urgent review of 10pm closure times for restaurants and pubs, Greater Manchester says. Yeah, 10pm t- curfew for restaurants. Hmm, Usually in restaurants... if if that whole thing is people are going to be staggering around for that last hour and therefore not socially distancing, which is complete nonsense when you think everyone's going to come out of the pubs at the same time, which again goes back to the point of are these people utterly incompetent or is there a more nefarious agenda of control and draconian control at that coming in, (laughs) can bring us into a police state, well, military state if he brings the army out, doesn't he? So, yeah, who'd have thought that that was a bad idea? So good on Andy Burnham for that. Scenes of crowds forming after closing time have been filmed in UK cities, including Liverpool and York. There are no specific plans to review the policy. Um, well, <laughs> in everywhere but Middlesbrough anyway, where he said sod off. Good for him. Our There's another article here that I wanted to illustrate those points that were dovetailed into it, but I'll, if I brush through them enough, we'll get through it sooner or later. Not all the uh, links I bring up have the the headlines, let me see. So I can't always tell quite what articles I'm going to bring up. But I know what I'm loading, just not sure when. I should get a job for Sage. All right, lockdown failed. Oh, and the little adverts just come up. I'm in control, am I? According to the Telegraph. Oh, wonderful. I'll go and have a drink at a quarter past ten then, shall I? Lockdown failed. We must follow the Swedish model to, and learn to live with Covid. The latest rise in infection should be more of a second bump than a second wave and the response must be proportionate, writes Mark Wallhouse of The Telegraph on the 19th of September. I can't read any more than that because it's behind the paywall and that's fair enough, it's their thing, they can charge whatever they want for it just as I am able to then go, no thank you, I'll get the idea and I'll just read out the headline for the benefit of my audience here tonight. Our next article here tonight is from The Guardian. I say tonight, I think this show goes out about 10am now, doesn't it? There's also a a 10pm show as well that I don't think anyone listens to. So, Robert Booth. This is from The Guardian, social affairs correspondent. Friday the 18th of September. UK government faces legal action over moonshot COVID testing project. Good Law Project says plans ignore scientific evidence and break value for money rules. The UK government is facing legal action over Boris Johnson's moonshot project, which could involve up to 100 billion being spent on an attempt to increase COVID-19 testing capacity to 10 million per day. I think there's about 70 million in this population. It's a one-seventh of the population every single day. You got to think about the logistics of that. Are there enough trained people to know what they're doing? Are the tests going to be accurate? Because Johnson himself said that only 7% of them, 7, that's not 70, were accurate. You can go and see, listen to, listen to that if you go and look at the clip on Beyond the News or listen to me read it out on one of my previous episodes of Beyond the News if you if you doubt that, that amazing um, little fact there. What, the entire budget of the NHS to be spent on something with a 99% survival rate but again going back to logistics where are you going to do that because I can't see that not involving people coming to your door and the question becomes what happens if you don't open the door they're going to put it through that's a medical police state right there right there and I'm not saying they've they've not announced that So I'm not fear-mongering what I'm saying is if that happens you know you're in a police state. When your door gets put through for not answering it for no reason other than you haven't had a test today and you feel fine, that's a police state right there. Right there. But you don't usually, if you look at the history books, you don't go, you go and look at the Stasi, you go and look at Pol Pot, you go and look at um, Mao, you go and look at Stalin, you go and look at any, you go and look at Ceausescu, you go and look at any of these fascist dictatorships well they call themselves communists don't they but I would call it fascism you go and look at any of those it it creeps up and then it escalates real quick and so that's number one way of doing it number two way of doing it you put it they let them come to you fair enough if you want to go and get one of these uh, Bravo CO tests that's up to you I'm not sure some of them work but I mean for me There'd be a surefire way, rather than test myself to see if I have COVID, I'm going to assume I don't have COVID unless I start coughing my guts up with a massive sweat, fever and one of the worst colds of my life. I'm going to assume, unless that happens, that I don't have COVID and therefore I don't need to go to a test. Now then, anyone ever been to a theme park? And have you seen the queues on those rides? Well, you imagine a 7 million people queue. Now, imagine that's all over the country, but you get where I'm going with that. Point number three, government competency. Do you think that this is going to work effectively and efficiently? <laughs> if you think that's going to work effectively and efficiently, I've got a property in Birmingham to sell you as seafront views. Point number four, this... <laughs> more point number three section B really than point number four but if you're going to them and there are these queues that's going to be in places that everyone uses right train stations, supermarkets all that sort of stuff yeah how difficult is that going to be to go and do your what you need to get done wherever that is because you know that's going to be put in big places because in order for big queues you're going to have to have it in big places right yeah, and you have to have it publicly accessible, right? So you're just going to need to be near train stations, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What's that going to do for the traffic and the queues and your ability to get things done? Point number five. What is point number four going to do about social distancing? Anyway, I could go on for it, but there you go. That's my, that's my view on that. How long have I done now? Coming up to the 52-minute mark. Let's get through this quickly. It's not that I'm looking to go. I love spending my... Time with you on uh, Bexil Online. I love the fact that people are listening, and because uh, we can see all the numbers and everything like that. And pretty much, Beyond the News has become the anti-lockdown show. To be, like, you know, because it. I it, was oh, okay. I'm happy covered, but this is coming now. We know it's coming, and they're not listening to the science. They're not listening to the maths. They're not listening to common sense. They're not listening to the economists. They're just not listening. And you can decide whether that's because they're utterly incompetent or they want to be complete control freaks following an agenda for some nefarious organisations. That's up to you. I'm not going to go down that route. But they're not listening. The second lockdown is coming unless we stand up against it. And the best way to stand up against it is we have truth, reality, science on our side. But the television is reporting that. So that's why it's down to people like me to keep going on and on and on about this so we can all get clued up. We can all look at the science. We can all hold a debate and we can look at the people in the eye when we debate and we can quote articles, facts and sources and science and say, I do not want to be locked in my house. I do not want to not be able to see my family at Christmas and I do not want to have the government tell me when and when I cannot run my own business just because there's a virus out there with a 99.7% survival rate. I'm not going to allow that. I do not consent. But it must be done peacefully. It must be done lawfully. And, but the question remains now, what do you do with a government? What, what do you do with a government that isn't going to listen to its people, isn't going to listen to the science, and is going to impose draconian measures that are going to cause disaster? What do you do to that government? What are your options? Because there ain't going to be a general election for another four or five years. It's something that people need to think about. And I, what my answer to that is, do a radio show. <laughs> and get the truth and facts out there so we can all at some point go down to our local MP and go, I've got a mountain of evidence here and we're one." doesn't matter what you say or do from here on in, if you vote for a second lockdown, I will never vote for you again, ever. I don't care what party, I'm not even going to switch parties, I'm just not going to vote for you ever. I'm going to do a social media account saying why I'm not going to vote for you and I'm going to spread this information saying, I'm not going to vote for you. I think that would be the way. I think that's step one of peacefully doing it. I think further down the line, you have to look at um, civil disobedience, Gandhi-style stuff, all peaceful, lawful. Um, Part of that civil disobedience could be refusing to pay tax. I don't know. If enough people did it, they couldn't bang everyone up, could they? But I would much rather we just get the information out, get clued up on what the reality and the science really is and then try and fix this with local representatives just like that guy in Middlesbrough. Admire what he did. People of Middlesbrough, anyone in Middlesbrough listening to this show? I don't know what that guy's done beforehand. I've never heard of that guy in my life but I love what he did yesterday. Right, Uh, this is our next article. Uh, This is from the Telegraph, so I'll get to it very quickly. By Ross Clark, 24th of September. Who in their right mind would want to download Matt Hancock's Track and Trace app, which has finally made its way off the Isle of Wight and is available all over England today? Don't need to go into any more than that. I think there was an article saying uh, the the police advised their own officers not to use it, didn't they? I wonder if I've loaded that up. That might even be... the. See, if I've planned ahead... Sometimes I look at it and I go, oh, that one will follow that article really nicely. Hey, what do you know? Sometimes I surprise myself. The one I've loaded up was exactly that one. By Rory Clennon-Jones, police told not to download NHS COVID-19 app. That's by BBC News. Four days ago, I'm recording this on Friday, the 2nd of October. Uh, The National Police Chiefs Council, NPCC, has confirmed officers are being told not to install the NHS COVID-19 app on their work smartphones. So there you go. Do as we say, not as you do. Uh, Again, that's just a little sign of rebellion, isn't it? That's the police going, uh, you know, there must be police that go, I don't want to bash peaceful protesters over the head. There's going to be loads of them out there. I don't want my grandchildren to grow up in a dystopian Orwellian police state uh, that I'm going to have to enforce. I'd rather not do that. Another little article here. Tonight, uh, just two more articles here, and I'm going to end the broadcast here tonight. The first one will be: students are uh, they're putting up "Do not remove" signs out of their windows in there because they're all it's horrible. They're being treated like prisoners and criminals. They're not being allowed off campus and that kind of stuff. So, uh, so many students always, um, whenever I've done the gigs, always love the idea of uh, communism. Uh, Marxism. Well, how do you like it now? <laughs> Probably about the same as the uh, the East Germans like their communism. and uh, yeah. yeah communism's got some good points, but I don't really think it works in any practical sense or at least has failed to do so from uh, worldwide. Thing. yeah there are some there are some good communist philosophies and everything. you know some of the Scandinavians do it quite well, but um yeah you know, i have got to get through them quickly. Students warned to remove "Let Us Out" signs from windows. University bosses have reported warned students to remove protest signs from their accommodation windows. Some 17,000 students at Man- Manchester Metropolitan were put into lockdown on Friday without any warning after 127 students tested positive for COVID-19. Um, I don't even if they showed no symptoms. So there you go. Uh, computer says you've got to be banged up now. You're all criminals. Thanks for paying your nine grand a year tuition fees. <laughs> enjoy your communism um, and by the way wasn't it universities that uh, that were very um, critical of people standing up for free speech well if you just stood up for free speech more maybe you'd allowed those those, win- those signs in your windows more so uh, anyway I've got nothing against students if you're a student in Manchester listening to this I'm not taking the mickey out of you I'm just saying that this might be an opportunity for you to look at the dangers of authoritarian and draconian states and what political systems impose those. Are they most likely to be communistic and least likely to be um, capitalistic? Not that, co- not that capitalism has a thing. Oh, there was an article about capitalism being banned in schools. I just want to quickly say that. I'm against it. Uh, let's, teach every, let's teach students about every different system and let them make up their own minds. That's it. I'm done. I think I've got through everything. Thank you very much for listening to Beyond the News. I've been Jim Grant. Cheers. Good night.